Shut up and sit down. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the STS Guys. I am Scott. Hey, hey, it's Larry. And we are the STS Guys, the weekly podcast that shoot the shit. We sit around, shoot the shit, and talk about everything geeky, nerdy, and cool. I butchered it. I am you sorry. Did, you did. But, uh, you also didn't say the episode number because I don't think you know the episode number. I don't know. I think it's 109. 109. It's 109. Special episode number three. Uh, of the the STS guys here, uh, we did something very fun. We did, and uh, everybody else is getting to do something very fun too today. Yes. Oh, exactly. Uh, we got to watch some shows and talk with their creator. What shows are that? You might ask. I'm trying to be dramatic. Can you tell? Uh, <laughs> it's in the title. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it is the toys that made us. Uh, one of yeah. our favorite docu series uh, is getting renewed for a third season. And we were able, like I said, to uh, to speak with its creator, Brian Volkweiss, uh, about the show and about the that third season in particular. Yeah, which um, dropped today, November 15th, on yeah. Netflix. So if you haven't seen season three yet, go watch it. Yeah. If you haven't seen any of it, why are you like... Why are you <laughs> watching our show? Yeah, like you should be watching this show. Um, it's It's great. Like, don't watch us. Yeah. Go watch it and then come back and, and listen to this. But we uh, do, right? So season three, uh, they, like season one and two, they, they did some awesome properties like Star Wars, He-Man, uh, G.I. Joe, My Little Pony. Uh, well, that, that, My Little Pony this season. My Little, My Little Pony. <laughs> so, so this season is uh, My Little Pony, the Power Rangers, wrestling. wrestling figures, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep. So those are the four that we have. And and in the audience, I can tell you right now, you played with one of those figures. Oh, yeah. If like not just all from, of them. Yeah. Including My Little Pony. I had a I My had, Little Pony. I had a ton of Ninja Turtles. And Nate, <laughs> uh, who who joins us in the uh, interview there, he has tons of Ninja Turtles. You see him in the background yeah. every Saturday night. Um, so, I thought yeah, you were like, going to say you had tons of My Little Ponies. I have a lot of them now. Yeah, I Very many in my house. I think... There's one of these bins <laughs> that's full of some My Little Pony toys for my daughter. So. I had one My Little Pony. I'm not ashamed. Was it? I should. Be. I don't know the. I don't know the old school names. I only yeah. Know I don't either. I, I and I wouldn't know. Was yeah. it Rainbow Candy? Probably sounds yeah. delicious. <laughs> Make so, way for Rainbow Candy. <laughs> Woo! So, yeah, so, but here's the thing about the, the series that I that I very much enjoy and, and that, that I think is I really didn't care about My Little Pony at all. But once yeah. you start watching the the, the series, you kind of start to be like, well, let's kind of find out what what's going on with My Little Pony. Like, yeah, what, even if it's what's even the if story, it's a, even if it's a brand that you're not super passionate about, uh, the way they put together these documentaries, like this, there's always a really good story with about how the toys got made. Yeah. Who, who would have known? And I'll be the first to admit, like, I didn't care about it at all. But the Barbie episode in season yeah. one is probably one of my favorites and i and i literally will tell the creator that i very much enjoyed the barbie episode season one um so go ahead let's check it out we're going to 
uh, play the interview, then we'll we'll step back because there's there's definitely some stuff I don't want to talk about now that we need to talk oh. about but once if everyone you, hears it. If you haven't watched season three, we do talk about some specific Spoilers. moments. Yeah, so if you don't want to be spoiled, pause us and go fire up your Netflix and come back and then listen to our interview with Brian. Yeah, because uh, there's there's a couple of the different episodes there that are quite quite good and some major events and, and some major revelations occur. So uh, we talk about those in detail with, with Brian. So here is the interview with Brian. Um, take a listen, everybody. All right. And we are on. We actually have a very uh, special, special guest uh, here today. Uh, I, what nerd hasn't actually gone through and, and seen your show? Brian, can, can you introduce yourself? Because the stuff that you're doing is, is absolutely amazing. Uh, you're very kind. Uh, my name is Brian Volkweiss. Uh, I'm the founder and uh, a bunch of other silly titles of uh, the Nacelle Company. Uh, we produced a show called The Toys That Made Us. Uh, yeah, a few other things, a couple comedy specials. Yeah, how about that? Is that a good that, intro? That that works for me. I was gonna say I think you've done a lot of stuff, uh, a couple of things that were on the uh, the CW as well that we've been been big fans of. So, uh, just jump. Yes, yes, very good uh, setup here. So, uh, thank you for joining us today. We did really want to get in touch with you because uh, at the time of this airing, uh, season three of the toys that made us is gonna be live and that is as a a big collector of of nerd things that's absolutely amazing i love this show and i'm so glad that it went beyond that original eight uh i i am biased on many levels but i am too (laughs) so so again so i guess one of the the first thing i'm sure that you've probably asked this a lot uh, outside of everything what made you decide to go with the the toys that made a show like what was the inspiration for that um, it was a long time ago. I think at this point it was about eight years ago. I was in a Borders Books, if you remember that. And uh, I, for some reason I don't remember anymore, I was looking into the origin of the Transformers. Uh, and there was not a single book in the store about uh, where the Transformers came from. But I noticed there was like a dozen books about the War of 1812. And I'm like, why is there like a dozen? And again, I, I, I mean, no disrespect to the War of 1812, but uh, you know, it was an important war in, in many ways. But like, billions of people, or at least a billion, were affected by Transformers. You know, I, I'm not the only person who said. Well, I, saying, uh, I know I am. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I was like, how many people were affected who were alive by the War of 1812? How, and there's 12 books. How many people were affected by Transformers? And there's no books. And that was the inspiration. I, I, Like I said, I started trying. It wasn't called The Toys That Made Us. It was a very different show originally. But that was the beginning. Perfect. perfect. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Because like, like you said, um, like, yeah, sure. The, the, his, right, the, the history, like wars and stuff are, are, are interesting and important. But like we're like a super pop culture society. Now we care about TV shows and video games and that kind of stuff. And you're, you're absolutely right. Like to, to go find out anything more about these uh, really cool toys and stuff. And, and as you've shown through the toys that made us, 
like some of these lines have such great stories about how they came to be, uh, the different, uh, the way the licenses transfer around between different companies. Like there's a really good story to be told. Uh, I think so. Uh, and luckily Netflix agreed with me. <laughs> right. Uh, but we, the three of us are on the same page. I have concluded. Yeah. So uh, I guess, I guess we've had so far um, kind of the, a, a bunch of big hitters uh, in this new one. We got what my little pony, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, the wrestling figures and Power Rangers. Uh, what's your process for determining like what properties are you going to look into and like investigate? Like, how do you come up with like, that's the one that I want to to touch on this time? I kind of have these three and I, you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. I got these three rules, the word rules and air quotes. The first is I, in my head, I call it like the Mount Rushmore of toys. Is there a character from the line that if it was on a Mount Rushmore of toys, would people know who it is? So the, like my wife, she don't know anything about Transformers, nothing. But she knows who Optimus Prime is. She knows who Bumblebee is. So that's kind of the Mount Rushmore test. You gotta have a character like that. Uh, number two, uh, and this is more kind of like logistical or whatever, but like, I want the toy to go on sale and and it, we broke this a couple times technically, but I want every toy to go on sale and be in uh, production nonstop. I, I like and the reason for that is I want at least two generation of fans because you know these shows are not cheap to make. And, you know, I want to have as many eyeballs as possible. So, you know, with G.I. Joe and Barbie, for example, I feel like there you got four generations of fans. Star Wars, you got three. Um, My Little Pony, a hard two, technically three. So I, I, I really, that was a very important part, was I just wanted it to be, you know, one of the things I get asked a lot is like, you should do masks or you should do Silverhawks. And I'm like, no, I shouldn't. You should. Because mask and silver, like no one knows what that is except for people like us. And, you know, I don't know how old you guys are, but like mask oh. was on for yeah. like two or three years. You know, very bizarre toy that I loved. I had the, the purple tractor trailer. Like I, I loved it, but you know, I don't think anyone under the age of 35 knows what it is. And I don't think anybody over the age of probably 55 knows what it is. Um, and that leads me to the third of three rules, quote unquote, uh, which is, and this is, to be honest with you, this is where mask would be a great story. Um, it needs to have a great story. There's certain toys that came out and it was like, somebody had an idea. The idea was made into plastic. The plastic went on sale. It was a hit. And that's the story. Right. And it's not good television. Right. So well, we need ups and downs and twists and turns. Right. Um, well, so, so, uh, and we need to, to a certain degree, hit every one of those at least 85%. Because I am vastly intrigued at kind of the, the storylines that you've been able to to uncover and like the, the behind the scenes drama on, on most of the, the toy lines that, that you see. Um, 
I, I was just kind of commenting to Larry previously, like that one of the, the favorite scenes that I never would have known uh, is on season one, uh, the episode about Barbie, uh, the, the lady who was the VP of marketing, Judy, um, just how like ruthless that lady was. Like it impressed me. And you're like, I would never expect that coming out of a, a, a toy company. You know, and to have a lady saying like, oh, if that came out when I was there, I would have crushed it. Like yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's. And that, uh, that was not Judy. That was, um, was that Judy? No, that was uh, Joe Barad. That was Joe Barad who said that. Who, yeah. uh, there was a bunch of people I didn't know before we started making this series. And she's one of these people like, I just became obsessed with her. Actually, you know what it was? Judy was saying that about Joe. Right. Yeah. So just just that attitude in that that line and just to kind of see well, like, wow, it, it, was, it was actually a pretty powerful line, because if you remember what she really was saying was the entire episode she's like, I hate Jill. I hate Jill. I hate Jill. She she, she I, I took her under my wing. She cut my head off. She got me fired. Like and then at the end of the episode, she's like, listen, do I hate Jill? Yes. Would she have protected Barbie and killed brats and everything around it? Yes. Right. But it's like a very powerful line. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes you need a monster to stop. And I'm not saying Jill's a monster. She's not. <laughs> but, you know, the old saying, it's like sometimes you need a monster to stop a monster. Right. Yeah, and that's cool. And, and, and yeah, just kind of see these these kind of stories come out of, of the toys and, and not knowing. Like, I, I knew that there was tie-ins with you know like the toys to to the like the cartoons um we'll, yeah. we'll bring up kind of like stuff like masters of the universe right yeah and and, yeah. and bring up the recent one with the uh, the ninja turtles uh, in it you know to, to kind of say like we couldn't sell this without having a cartoon and going through the process of, of how the cartoon which i think everyone knows even if you didn't have the toys you knew the cartoon and to know that that was like a direct market with each other was was super amazing yeah and i mean to my earlier point about generations my four-year-old son, if you said to him, hey, what's your favorite song out of every song ever made? He'd start singing the theme song to Turtles. Nice. Doing something right. I'm trying. <laughs> right. Can't so, do or do math, but he knows the Turtles song. Right. So I, I guess um, in your kind of search uh, for the, the three criteria. Has there any, been anything that you were kind of disappointed that didn't have like a, a really compelling story that as you did your research? One day you're going to hear that Toys That Made Us was canceled. When you hear that, call me and I will answer that question. <laughs> That's very <laughs> good. Like I said, you can always go back. <laughs> the reason I can't answer those questions is we're still in business with Hasbro and Mattel and Lego and everybody. And they, they don't even like the hint, a hint of negativity towards their brands. So, um, yeah. So I, I plead the fifth. Right, no, hey, I, that is completely fair. And you, get, you named some great brands who've given right. you some great toys. So yeah, exactly. Totally it's, I mean, basically with these three seasons, you've already kind of, uh, gone over my entire childhood toy yeah. collection so so i say you got you hit on everything that i care about including the wrestling figures in season three yeah. that was my favorite. Yeah. i, I really like since i said wrestling like i really like that episode like that was the one i've been waiting for since season two dropped uh, or since you at least announced what was going to be in season three uh so that was the first one i watched um i really i really liked story like scott was saying like i like how 
you're able to kind of mold a story and create drama um, about these toys. Like for wrestling, it's all about the licenses and how it got passed around and Jewish lightning. And like, it was just really funny and fun, a fun episode to watch. Uh, music to my ears, man. I, I really appreciate you saying that. I, 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 uh, I've produced a lot of stuff that has not been well received and, and rightfully so. Uh, so it, it never gets old uh, hearing that people like something that you worked on. So I really appreciate you saying it. So cool. Now I, I do have to, to bring up something in, in season three that I think I was not expecting uh, to come out of this. Uh, it's, it is on the Ninja Turtles episode. Uh, I, I have a little bit of a, a some hell I'm going to have to give you here. Cause uh, you did, you almost brought me to tears on that episode with the, the about the last five minutes. Of, of that episode. That is a powerful ending to that episode. And I, uh, I did not expect that, that kind of level of feels to come out of that. Well, you, you've already bummed me out, man. Cause I, I, I'm sad you used the word almost. We, we, were not, we were not shying away from those teardrops. So. Yeah. I was, I, I, it was jaw dropping when I said the day. So like I said, by the time this comes out, it would like the everyone will have the, the opportunity to have, to have gone in and seen it. So we'll, we'll kind of spoil it. You, you actually get Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman back together. Uh, they have not been together in a very long time. Uh, what was that like? The energy in that room, like, because that it seemed like that was just kind of a powerful moment. It was very powerful, but the 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 reason it was as powerful as it was. Uh, here, here. This is my favorite way to describe my interviewing style. I was interviewing uh, Ivan Reitman last year, and about ninety minutes into the interview, he kind of cocks his head to the side and looks at me and goes, um, "Hey, uh, um, uh, uh, we gonna talk about Ghostbusters?" <laughs> and that's uh, that's kind of uh, that, that's. That's kind of that's kind of that's kind of my style. So we were interviewing uh, Peter Laird, and uh, by the way, I don't know if you could tell that room was like three feet by like four feet wide. Uh, and I'm I'm here, and I my my intuition I think was correct, and my intuition was this is gonna suck for the next four or five hours, but it's gonna look great forever. But that room, we were hot. I mean, it was gross. We, I couldn't go out. Like, you couldn't go in and out. The whole crew, like, yeah. So anyway, so part of the reason I do these long uh, interviews is because you, you, you just, and I won't get into the whole thing, but basically sometimes just by the length of the interview, you let the subject get all their cliches out like they and cliches is the wrong word you 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 let them get their go-to what i like and i have these two by the way like full disclosure when you ask me how did i uh choose the toys i mean i i hit my own teddy ruxpin button like well let me tell you about my three rules yeah. so we all have them so part of the reason why i do these interviews so long not all of them but the important ones is you just let these people get their Teddy Ruxpin lines out. And then when they're kind of exhausted in hour two, let alone hour three, that's where you really, I start asking the real questions. And that's where you really can start to get like answers that you they've never said before. 
And the thing that I got, and I got a lot out of him that he'd never said, but the thing I got out of him that he had never said before, and it wasn't like, and this is usually the case, it wasn't like a state secret. It's just a lot of people know things, but they know so many things, they don't appreciate the value of one tiny thing in the midst of a billion things in their brains. And the thing that he said where I'm like, bingo, was when he mentioned that he had retained the rights to make more Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books. And that to me was like, and I, you, of course, this is cut out of the episode, but as soon as he said it, I'm like, have you ever said that on an interview before? He's like, I don't think so. I'm like, have you ever talked about that at a convention? He's like, and it was funny, like I could see in his face at first, he was like, why would I talk about this? Who gives a shit? Yeah. And then I could see it dawn on him. A, oh, that is interesting I did that. B, why haven't I started writing more comic books? I do have the rights. And that was, because to be honest with you, we were not, I wasn't sure of the value of, of reuniting them up until that moment. Because you, in my way of producing, which is not the best way or the worst way, it's just how I like to produce, I always want to have a value to an action. And there's no emotion to just having two dudes, hey, how you been? Oh, I've been good. How you been? Oh, man, I wish we didn't have a fight. That's boring. So the minute I heard that they could do that, by the way, uh, Kevin Eastman, he didn't know that. He didn't even know Peter could do that. So that was another interesting part of the story. So that's that's what led to us doing it. Because, you know, we, we had to fly him out. It, it was not, you know, it was not a small undertaking. Well, definitely worth it because, like Scott said, that's one of that's probably one of. Uh, there's so many great moments in season three, but th that could be the you know most memorable moment um, from these four episodes right. for sure. Especially, like I said, com coming from a kid that that grew up, you know, playing ninja in the front yard because of the Ninja Turtles cartoon, seeing yeah. those two creators get back together and and you know from the looks of the episode, just pick up right kind of back up again, starting to draw and and making a you know, kind of like a cover art again. Like it just, yeah, like that, like draw, jaw dropped, heart sunk. I was like, this is the like amazing television. <laughs> Very kind. Well, the, like the turtles are a big deal to, to us, right? Like our generation for, for toy wise, like we're right. We were all born in the eighties. Like Star Wars was already kind of out. Yeah, I had like Return of the Jedi toys and stuff, but like I don't remember seeing that in the theater. I remember seeing the Turtles movie in the theater. I remember watching the cartoon. I remember playing with the toys. So I think that, you know, as much as I love Star Wars and appreciate that franchise, like it was really cool to see uh, someone take the time to dig deeper into the Turtles. Like I knew Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird weren't really talking anymore, um, but I didn't know why. I, I didn't know how all that went down. Because like you said, like there's really not a history of the you know the toys and comic books and that kind of stuff out there especially like the 80s wise there probably is now like if something big went down right there'd be a hundred news articles all over the place but uh the stuff in the 80s like nobody reported on it like they do today well they also didn't have like a gigantic falling out you know it was like a slow it was and by the way it, it was kind of like a slow speed crash because they it's interesting if you really think about what happened they had an amicable split 
But then Peter, not on purpose, he had been, said, and this was not in the contract, he had every legal right to do what he did. But basically, Kevin made, you know, Kevin was like, I'm going to make X amount of money. This guy's never going to sell it. So let me make X and live the rest of my life. I'm not a one-hit wonder. I can do something else. And then, of course, like, you know, six hours later, he sells the company for $70 million. So there, it, it wasn't like a falling out or a fight. It was just, I, in my opinion, it was more about Kevin just kind of, you know, probably, you know, we're all, I'd be the same way. You know, it's like half of him is like, uh, oh, man, I screwed up. And half of him is like, well, it'd be nice if Peter had given me even like 10% of that, you know, seventy million. <laughs> Right. And then Peter was like, no, nah, man, you left. Yep. Business, man. Like, right. right. End of the day, that kind of stuff, it's a business. That's right. Well, and that's one thing I really love about the toys that made us is that you guys, like the, the level of detail that you go into all these different stories, you learn things as a fan that is just so cool. And you're like you talked about. The interviews, you guys are going into detail. These guys are saying funny things throughout the interview. I can tell there's like a personal relationship there and they're really invested in what they're telling you. And as a fan, you know, being a big fan of like Star Wars and, you know, the Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, being able to hear all those cool little details that you guys are able to get out of these people is such a treat. That's one thing I really love about the show. Thank, thank you for saying that. Very nice to you. Yeah. Now I do, one of the other episodes that, that I, I kind of want to go over is uh, in the new season, we do talk about uh, um, uh, Power Rangers a little bit, which uh, seemed like that was a, to, to me, that's kind of a wild ride for how, how that got made. Um, going through, you know, uh, who knew that like Stan Lee had, you know, a passing interest in, in creating something that was similar to the Power Rangers. You know, like it, it's not only people that, you kind of would have known would be involved, but like some people show up that you have no idea, like at what point would he have touched like power Rangers, but at, he was kind of the one that, you know, had that idea first. And then obviously it fell through and, and uh, you know, Saban came in and did it, but like, and it, it's cool to kind of see that like, yeah, there's things that, that we never would have known uh, that you get to bring to light. Yeah, I mean, getting him is, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know how much you know about him, but A, he doesn't like doing interviews in general. B, I think his least favorite thing in the world to talk about normally is Power Rangers. And, you know, we were very lucky uh, because he, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, basically when we did season one, just to be blunt, when we did season one, like we got a lot of people being like, yeah, 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 Netflix, sure, good, good luck with that. Because a lot of people lie. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm doing a documentary for HBO, and they're full of shit. They want to make a documentary and then go to HBO and see if they'll buy it. So by season three, luckily it had changed completely. Where now it was like Saban's people had reached out to us before season three was even greenlit, and it was basically like. You did Star Trek, but not Power Rangers. Uh -oh. Like you, you did that uh, with. By the way, with Turtles, similar thing from Playmates. Like you did Hello Kitty, but yeah. not Turtles. So that's an that, awesome compliment. That, <laughs> right? It really, it really changed, uh, and that's how we got them. And 
we were told a trillion times about that interview. You got one hour. You got one hour. You got one hour. I think we had about two and a half hours. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I like to, it's, it's just the passion that your team has and, and to put these together in the time and, and the good questions. And like you said, you spend the time with the people you're interviewing. Like that all just comes through. It's, well, it's you, so you, hit, you, you hit the nail on the head, man. Cause like it's all about the questions. Because yeah. like if we had sit there and been like, why why wasn't there a purple ranger? How did you choose the colors? Like it would have been a 40 minute interview. Right. But because we had done our research, and like the other thing that was really interesting, if you watch the episode again, like Margaret Lesh, he was so happy to talk about her. Like I even though he didn't do anything wrong and she loves him. He, I think he has kind of a little guilt that he's, you know, a tribillionaire and she's not. And she was, you know, the same way I always say uh, Lucille Ball deserves as much credit for Star Trek as Gene Roddenberry. Like Margaret Lesh deserves as much credit for uh, the Power Rangers as Savannah. So he was so happy to be talking about her. And I could tell from the way he was talking about her, he don't, he don't get asked about her often or ever. Now, uh, with with season uh, three kind of coming up, is there a, kind of a, I guess, a soft spot for you? Is there a, a certain point of it that you're like most proud of with this this upcoming season, or that you're you know most excited for viewers to see? I mean, my my favorite moment, of course, is the end of Turtles. Uh, you know, I think everything lined up perfectly, um, and you know, just hear, you know, you guys are some of the first people I've heard back who have seen the show by the way so hearing your reaction is very powerful to me so thank you um you know i don't know if people think it sucked so yeah definitely in all 12 episodes the ending of turtles is uh i'd say my favorite ending is star wars um and then probably turtles is my second favorite ending so now uh i there's something else i wanted to, to kind of go over because I know that your season three is not the only thing you have in, in kind of project. Do you have any more insight for the uh, movies that made us documentary that's coming out? Or is there any progress made on that? I know you talked about it uh, at San Diego. Uh, it is coming out November 29th. So uh, I don't know when this is airing or not. So before or after the, that. The 15th. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to drop this on the day Toys That Made Us come out. Oh, cool. Out, so. Oh, yeah. So two weeks from now. Uh, it, the movies that made us comes out on the 29th of November and it's, you know, we, we, uh, we had a challenge with movies that we didn't have with toys, which was, you know, even like we made like, I think the third documentary about star Wars toys, dude, there's been 30 years of diehard DVD extras and diehard, you know, and all this stuff. So it's like, how so what we had to do which i think was really interesting in retrospect was you know we had to divide every movie into two categories category one what has been talked about a thousand times but you need to talk about in the episode for it to make sense then what are things that have never ever been talked about that can add value to this story and justify it being the movies that made us. So 
we worked really, really hard. And one of the things that I did, uh, and I tried to do this with toys, but I couldn't do it every episode, but I insisted upon it with uh, movies, was uh, I call it the RoboCop. And uh, what I mean by that is, do you guys by any chance uh, remember um, at the end of the Star Wars episode, we got uh, Jim, uh, Jim and uh, Corky to go back to the now empty uh, Kenner floor and they're walking around this empty office and we kept flashing back to the way it looked, you know, yeah. years ago. Well, my inspiration for that was the scene in RoboCop where RoboCop goes back to his old house and he's walking around the empty hallways and it's flashing back to, uh, to how it used to be. So uh, that, that I, uh, that's probably, yeah, I mean, that has a lot to do with why that's my favorite ending. But um, we, we did that every movies that made us. And uh, we actually almost got arrested doing it uh, by hard. <laughs> Not kidding at all. Um, but uh, but it's, it's, I, I think it's a very powerful device that I thank uh, Paul, Her Paul Verhoeven uh, for introducing to me. That's very cool. Yeah, it's such we're, a. We're totally looking forward to that too, man. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be so good. It's it, like I, I feel like all this stuff that you're helping create now is like, uh, as soon as it hits Netflix, it's a day one watch, right? You got it. You got to. You got to sit down. You just got to watch it. Yeah, especially with the lineup. I hope millions of people agree. Yeah. With you. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I, I, to, to be fair, I think they're going to. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you have an amazing lineup. Uh, I won't spoil that too much, but. Uh, the, some of the movies that you're going to be featuring are just some of my favorites. So I can't wait to hear like and learn about these. You know, and I, I think it's interesting what you said about the Star Wars episode. It was a genius idea to put them in that spot and hear kind of like their personal thoughts. And it kind of created those visions for them as they're walking through. You can kind of see them seeing things yeah. as they're walking through. So if that's the way that you're approaching the movies that made us, it makes me even more excited for it. Because I thought that was such a cool like treat for the fans, like I said earlier, just being able to hear those things and how it really was back then. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what, that's what we tried to do. And it, it's interesting every time we, the best example of, it, I got to tell you, uh, is Linda Gottlieb in Dirty Dancing. We brought her back to the hotel for the first time since they shot the movie. And I mean, if, if 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 you agree with me that we did the RoboCop correctly, it's fucking dirty dancing. I mean, you'll you'll see. I mean, it's not now that I've told you, it's not even subtle. I mean, she is literally RoboCop walking <laughs> through the 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 hotel. That's so cool. That's awesome. That's that exciting, is, that is super cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, it, it's. It, with these sort of things, it, as you said, a lot of these movies have tons of DVD extras. So to be able to get yeah. Yeah. an emotional kind of take out of yeah. the, the actors that were involved or, or even with the toys, like kind of, you know, everyone can tell a story, but it's to kind of see that emotion that the person has that goes along with it that tells an even bigger story and you're able to bring those out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think you guys have like, it, it sounds like you have a more creative take than maybe some of the DVD bonus features do, right? I don't see anybody else taking actors and actresses back to uh, like the locations where they film stuff. It's you guys are be able to bring a unique style to these documentaries that you know, I, at least I've never seen before. So it's it keeps it new and interesting. This is the worst interview of my career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm like, it's like I've been run over by dump trucks. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know what? We're gonna we're, we're gonna sound clip that out. We're gonna that's gonna be the you know when everyone has the titles like you know this is the best movie ever. It's gonna be the STS guys. Uh, Brian Volkway says worst interview that he's ever had. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> ah, like, I don't know what to say. Like, no. Well, I, I take it as a badge of honor to be honest. Like, so I think we only <laughs> like to talk. You know, like, we, we, you know, I was kidding, right? Oh, yes. oh 100, yeah, oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like, I feel like every time we do an interview, whether it's with somebody like, uh, you know, who, who creates content, or uh, just a friend on YouTube or another podcast or something, like, I feel like we only like to talk to people who we really care about, right? Who are really invested, and and I hope that comes through in our questions and and in everything that we say because we're, we're genuinely fans, man. Like, that's, that's all it is. Loud and clear. Yeah. So speaking of fans, like I, I uh, so I Googled you uh, this week, right? And I saw that uh, you're also involved in uh, the Mad About You reboot that's yeah. coming later this month too. Yeah. Can, you, can you can you just share when that's gonna uh, hit? November twentieth. I'm I'm a sucker for '90s sitcoms, so I'll be looking forward to seeing Mad About You too. I just thought it was really cool that you know, yeah, we we we, we you know we reached out to talk about Toys That Made Us, but then like. You know, doing our due diligence, we, we, we did, you know, let's look to see what else you're involved in. And, you know, yeah, the toy, uh, the movies that made us coming up, you got, uh, you've had some other documentaries, but like you got the Mad About You reboot, which I, I feel like I haven't heard a whole lot about yet. But as soon as that uh, drops on November 20th, I think there's going to be a lot of buzz around that one, too. I, uh, I hope you're right. I think you are, but I hope you are. Who didn't have a crush on Helen Hunt? Yeah. You know, funny. My, I, I came, I, I had like a weird route to Mad About You. I wasn't really that into the show. And I know you're going to think I'm crazy or full of shit, but I'm telling you, man, this is the truth. I love Twister. Always. Oh, yeah. I saw it three times in the theaters. Yeah. One of my favorite <laughs> lines of all time is when he looks at it, when Bill Paxson looks at her and goes, maybe we should get off of this road. <laughs> after they go through the house and all the farm. So after that, I started watching Mad About You. And I'm probably the only person alive that had that process. That's awesome, though. That's that's super. Cool. I yeah. forgot about Twister to tell oh, you. Dude, I, I share your love for Twister. That's one of those movies yeah. that always uh, holds a special place in my heart. Cow, another yeah. cow. Yeah. Cow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's Young the same Dupont. cow. Young yeah. Dupont. If we get to make more, um, By the way, can I, tell you, can I tell you one of my favorite things that we learned making movies that made us that uh, that uh, uh, I don't think made the episode. No, I know it didn't make the episode because I was talking to him after we finished the interview uh, when he was showing me around his house. Do you guys know? Let's see how good you guys are. No Googling. Let me see your hands. Do you guys remember the numbers on the top of the bus in speed? Oh, man. Oh, no. No, I actually don't, I don't know the numbers on the bus. I, I, I will say... No. It would be a guess at best if I said yeah. yes. What uh, is it? Um, all right. So the numbers at the top of the bus, it said 2525. And I always thought it was so specific and so weird. So after the interview, you know, he and I, he showed me around his house. And I'm like, let me ask you something. And like I said, we have our own vans. All of them say 2525 on the roof. You can't see it. It costs extra, but I, all of our men say 25, 25. So uh, 
I literally asked him and he goes, oh, you know why? He's like, do you remember that song? In the year 2525, if we are still alive, that's why it says that on the top of the box. That is my favorite thing that did not make it into the episode. That is an awesome little tidbit of information. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I, I like the weird kind of Easter egg yeah. things like that, yeah. right? Like sometimes numbers are just numbers, but when there's a, a funny story behind it, that's awesome. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's really cool. I love that. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. So uh, I want to do Speed and Twister, two of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think they're just about everybody's favorite movies. Yeah. No, yeah, right? no one didn't like I, Speed, man. I, I normally get a lot of side eye on uh, Twister. <laughs> Twister's an underrated gem. A lot of people say they don't like it, but if it's on, they're watching it. Love sure. it. Yeah. Everybody likes to see like the crazy weather and, you know, like they get all up close and personal and the whole Dorothy thing I thought was really cool about Twister. You know, the fact that they're trying to like measure the tornado yeah. to try to help people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's a great movie. So we we know we know that you're big in creating things. Um, one of the things that we're really passionate about is collecting. Um, I know you you collect some stuff too, uh, right? Nate's got a ton of Mezco figures. I'm really into Funko Pops right now. I've still got all my old '80s toys too because my parents didn't throw anything away. Thank you, mom. Um, what 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 kind of stuff are you super into collecting? Either right now or just you know, collections that you've amassed and are complete and you just enjoy? I mean, I would say probably 60% of my collection, which is, I mean, possibly thousands of individual things, is uh, Star Trek and Star Wars. Cool. Of, of the 40% that's left, a big percentage is G.I. Joe, um... Nice percentage is Transformers, and then it starts to get a lot more, um, you know, smaller. I, I have a huge thing for failed toy lines. Like, I love the lost, the 1998 Lost in Space line. I've got a huge Dune collection, not just the figures, uh, but also the, uh, like, the merchandise. So. Did you have the Dune figures when you were a kid? Fuck no. I did. Is that weird? My parents bought me the Dune figures. I specifically, like, I remember, like, uh, there's that really chubby guy, like, in a onesie. That guy was kind of creepy, but I played with him. God, God love you and God love your parents. <laughs> yeah. Nobody had them. And I was a fan. They went out I did. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Star Trek and then the obscure, you know, kind of, like, tie-in merchandise toys. Because I thought that was really interesting, that episode. Um, I didn't realize that so many companies had gotten involved in making Star Trek toys. You know, especially the really weird ones from Remco. Uh, there was that one with the helmet. You know, it uh, says the, the helmet's Spock. the greatest thing. Yeah. Do you have any of those in your Star Trek collection, Brian? Uh, I don't. I have the Remco communicator. Um, oh yeah. Which I mean, honestly, kind of, it's not a bad replica of, of the communicator. Um, but that's about it. I I never got into into any of that crazy stuff. Uh, the thing I and I'm uh, to be completely honest with you, I have like every single Mego Star Trek anything from the motion picture. I have zero from the '60s show. Um, so uh, so, but uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah. So um, I uh, uh, the Remco stuff was that. Yeah, that was never really me. 
Um, I got a lot of weird Star Trek stuff, though. I'm very, like, I just bought a Star Trek Next Generation phaser mouse, like for a mouse pad, um, a couple weeks ago when I was in Detroit. So I really, there was a company that made the ugliest, craziest fucking statues ever of anything, but it happens to be Next Generation stuff. They, they are so ugly. Um, and I, I have almost all of them. And they're, but the thing that's so interesting about them is it's like they're all ugly and horrible, but whoever was picking the moments that were being made into the statues obviously was obsessed with Star Trek The Next Generation. They're like the perfect moments. It's like when Yar gets eaten by that like swamp creature, like um, Jarmok and Jar whatever, uh, you know, uh, that moment with Picard, um, uh, the walls fell, whatever. I'm horrible with, uh, with the lines. <laughs> but anyway, so the, the heart was in the right place. The, the ability to accurately replicate these characters, not so much. <laughs> and I do apologize if, if we can have one more question, please. Uh, cause I do, uh, I do have to get home. Oh no, we're, yeah, no, of yes. course. Well, so here's the thing that, that every guest that we have on then that this question is, is kind of a, a free form. Uh, we always ask our guests, uh, if there's anything out there, obviously the toys that made us go watch it. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Is there anything else that you're like currently into or watching right now that, that you want people to, uh, go out and check out? Like a TV show, podcast, music. What, what are you? What are you? What is Brian super into right now? You know what I'm like a nutcase about. Like if my wife's like if we're at a party or something, and this comes up, my wife walks away. The Expanse. The Expanse. Yeah, that's Scott's thing, right? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> love, love me some realistic space yeah. shows, man. That's that Watch is amazing. Go. If you like Game of Thrones and Battlestar Galactica, that's what it is. And I'll tell you, they had three seasons. The first one's an A+. The second one's an A. third one's an A+. That's better than Galactica did. So, right. uh, and I, in some ways, I mean, I don't even know if, I mean, I'll get killed for saying this, but I don't even know if Game of Thrones had an A+, A, A+. I think they had a... Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably not. No, I think they had like an A plus. In my, everyone loves that second season. I didn't. I thought the third season was another A plus. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I really, uh, yeah, I really, uh, uh, the expanse. If you're not watching it, I mean, I could see all the stuff behind you guys. You're gonna love it. I, 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 it's on the other side of the room, but I actually have a couple of the replica, like small replicas of the ships. So yeah, oh. I, I'm a big fan. You do? From where? Uh, so I got them through uh, like one of the, the blind box things. I think it was a, a loot crate or, or so. Well, they only made the Rosinante that I'm aware yeah. of. So oh. I got a couple, I got a couple of those guys. Oh, so. multiples of that. Yes. Multiples oh, okay. of that one. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I'm I am using my Hollywood connections combined with my toys that made us connections to try and get uh, expanse figures made. I know you can't see me. I literally have an expanse coffee mug in my hand right now. <laughs> nice. That's, That's devotion. Well, 
Well, if if you do, I will be picking up every single one. Ha! Awesome. <laughs> so perfect. Well, for that, Brian, thank you so much for uh, chatting with us today. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you, guys. And uh, definitely go check out the Toys That Made Us Season 3, uh, Mad About You, and uh, uh, the movies that made us when they all come out this month. So big month for you. Uh, it is. Uh, it really is. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> November 2019, the month to remember. That's right. Perfect. I'm going to steal that. Perfect. Perfect, Brian. You have a great night. All right. Thanks, you as well. Have a good weekend. Thanks a lot, Brian. Bye. Thank you. All right. So we're back. Well, that was fun. That was really fun. <laughs> I very much enjoyed our discussion with, with Brian because, like I said, such a, a great guy just to, to come on and talk with us at that length yeah. uh, about about the show and about toys in general and just just um, just being a, a super cool guy. So we, we do thank him very much for coming on. Um, but as we said, there were some spoilers before uh, we, we played the interview here about the thing like I, this season was awesome for the Ninja Turtles one. I know as as fans of the Ninja Turtles series. These were the th things that I was most excited for, and that episode did not disappoint. We got the Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird reunion. They started drawing again. Tears. <laughs> Tears. I don't know. Is that, that's it, Larry? That's it. You cried. I, I'm a man. <laughs> yeah, I'm a man. There, I am not afraid to no. admit it. It was uh, a, it was a good episode. Like, uh, you may remember that uh, Scott and I met Kevin Eastman at Phoenix Comic Con uh, earlier this year. So, yeah, like I feel a special connection with that one. Anyhow, uh, really, yeah, really good story. Like, I just like hearing about just kind of the behind the scenes stuff about right. these toys that we loved. Like it's, it's cool. It's a nostalgia, man. It's like you said in the intro, like it's a really great show, really well put together. I'm going to shut up. Cause I'm just going to start, I'm going to start fanboying out again. Yes. Yeah, so as, as we kind of did a little bit here, yeah. but yeah, no, like I, I highly recommend it. It is a very different look. I mean, you heard about uh, Brian's kind of process and how he gets the, the, the stories and, and, and the type of stories that he, he goes for. Uh, there's always a good story in every one of these episodes, things that you never would have known um, about how these these toys went to be made and and really what was that going on in the background. You know, everyone hears a couple of things here and there about it, but never in one big complete place. Um, and then to also talk about the movies that made yeah, us. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he's, he's involved in more stuff than just that. The movies that made us comes out like next week. Yeah. I didn't even know that. That's so cool. Yeah, so I, I remember talking about it and you know when we went to the thing in at comic-con yeah, so i knew it was coming i didn't know that it was in november right so busy busy month here yeah um, don't yeah, cancel your get, netflix kids because yeah. if you like the toys that made us he's got the same kind of process going for some of them 80s movies he uh, dropped a couple of them with us here we got uh, uh his one of his more favorites was the dirty dancing one yeah. um all the those sort of things so go check out uh both the toys that made us right now, like when you're done now, go back. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Just enjoy. Uh, it's one of our favorite series. It's the, one of the things that's non stranger things on Netflix that I'm actually excited <laughs> when new seasons come out. Um, and, and yeah, go check out the movies that made us when it drops later on this month. And don't forget about mad about you, the reboot. 
Oh, that's right. I know I'm excited about that one. So it's a, it's cool that we got to talk to Brian uh, in November when this might be like the busiest month of his life. He's got so much cool stuff going on. So uh, yeah, check out all those three projects. Um, I'm really excited about the movies that made us too. Yeah. It's going to be great. So cool. So Larry, kind of take us out here. Where can you find all of our stuff? Oh, good question, Scott. So you can check out the STS guys. We're on Twitter at STS guys. We're on Instagram at STS guys. And we're on Jeremy's favorite Facebook at the STS guys. And I am Larry from the STS guys. Since no one else is around, I guess it's up to me to say it. Shillin like a villain. Nice. Yeah. So shout out to Jeremy and Nate. Uh, go check out the STS guys. We're live on YouTube every Saturday night. Um, thanks for the support, guys. Thanks again to Brian and Netflix for giving us this awesome opportunity. So, Hope you guys okay. enjoyed. So uh, re- real face before we go, Larry, I know that you probably hate it by now. I'm going to play that one audio clip because <laughs> it's my favorite. I said it was my favorite in the interview. It, it killed me. I mean, let's play it one more time. This is the worst interview of my career. I love it. I love it. So everybody, thank you for joining and we'll see you next Saturday. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Sit down.